For those upon whom the reality has not yet dawned, <laughs> this is Diana's last Sunday with us, and so I've asked her to share a little bit with you before we dig into the words. So, Diana? Yeah, so I just wanted to uh, let you know that I have uh, accepted a call to a new church, and I will be the associate pastor of adult ministries and groups. It's a church that has four campuses, and I'm at one of the campuses, has about 700 people. I'm in charge of the 38 small groups that happen at that church, um, but it is a the four churches all together, about 10,000 people. Um, you'll find out the name of that church if you don't already know, but they haven't made the public announcement there. The whole staff knows, um, but they haven't because they're waiting for me to do this <laughs> before they told 10,000 people over there. Um, word travels fast, and I just wanted to honor you all, and I wanted to thank you for the, the 14 years that I've uh, had here to be blessed and to get to be a part of what uh, has happened here. I feel like we've been on this amazing journey. Um, back when I first arrived, it was Pastor Kent that was here, and he talked about wanting to become a battleship. Mm-hmm. And you all have become the battleship. You know how to do missions well. You know how to share the gospel. And so I say to you, keep up the good work. Mm-hmm. Don't don't let um, anything stop you at this point. Allow God to be number one and follow him and what he's calling you to do. Um, and I I know that you have the abilities because I've I've walked with you. So uh, stick together and uh, be the church that God has called you to be. Great, thanks, Diana. Can you bless them? These are your flowers. Okay. (laughs) You'll be notified soon. There is a a farewell event planned for Diana coming up soon, and you will get those details um, a little bit later. It's her last Sunday today. Mine's next week. Bam, bam, right? just happens like that, huh? Um, We've been talking a a really long time about transition around here. It was about 10 years ago when I said I was going to retire next week. Uh, no, it's really only about a year and a half ago. But, uh, and then all of a sudden, all these transitions are taking place. It uh, seemed like there was something new every day this week. And Diana, I am so excited for you. I, you know that I supported you in your desire for a new call. I was excited about the possibility of you stepping into that role of lead pastor here at Naperville Covenant. But I knew that you were also open to other possibilities, and you needed to be as well at this stage of seeking a new call in your life. And this new call sounds so wonderful and perfect for you. I'm excited for you. Uh, It will take your gifts and your passions, your know-how, the experience you bring, your desire to see people formed in the likeness of Christ uh, will be a gift to your new congregation. And so we, we wish you well. I'm sorry this process has been so long. I'm sorry for the rugged moments on this journey. Um, and I'm sorry for the toll it's taken, but I admire you for hanging in and not just checking in and doing your job, but you have continued to invest in people, care for people, love people, uh, 
You've continued to keep relationships alive and our important mission partnerships as well, uh, keeping them alive and, and vital. Your teamwork with Kayla and me kept going right up to today when we were trying to figure out how to put this crazy service together. And it was your idea to say, why don't we just do the graduates here? And then they read the scripture. And uh, we've had fun working on things together, the three of us. I've learned a lot from you, from practical areas of planning, uh, empowering volunteers, from team development. Team of four, right? Learned that from you. Uh, to spiritual life development. Hey, I led this BSL and spiritual practices last Monday all by myself. Yeah, so I did use your book, though, so thanks for the help. Yeah, but uh, nearly 14 years, but this is a big change. But trust me, it's good to start new. It's good to start fresh and to trust God for growth and ministry. And so may God richly bless you in this new chapter of ministry, my colleague and friend. And then there's me. We've got to do this another week, too. So um, it seems so far out there when I decided and announced, and now the end is barreling down on me, and I'm doing things like clearing out my office. There's a, a couple tables full of books out in the, in the lobby, okay? So when you go for graduation cake afterwards, you turn around, and you see a bunch of old books, a lot of them published in the 70s, so they might be worth something. They're really old, uh, antique, uh, books from antiquity. Uh, but seriously, uh, uh, help yourself, uh, no charge, take them. Or if you look at them and you go, I could make some money at half-price books, so be it, go do it. Just 10% back to church. Um, so. So uh, please help yourselves. But I'm so grateful for our shared ministry here. I still get kidded for leaving the desert southwest nearly 10 years ago to come to Chicago. And yet I have said all along, and I still say to this very moment, I have never once regretted the decision to come here to Naperville Covenant. So I want to thank you, dear church, for your support, for your love, your encouragement. Um, I want to thank you also for uh, your engagement uh, in ministry and new initiatives. Thank you for, for your eagerness to learn, your willingness to stretch as we've moved in some new directions. Um, I, I, as we've moved in new directions and as we have sought new vision as a church, I want to thank you for your patience with me. Thank you for extending grace to me when you realized all of a sudden, oh my gosh, he's not the perfect pastor. Uh, might have been during my candidating weekend. But um, thank you for the patience, the forgiveness, and the grace. Um, thanks for an amazing farewell and retirement party uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I know this sounds like my final farewell, but next week's Memorial Day, and I didn't expect any of you to be here. So I'm trying to say it all now. So... Uh, if it's a completely different crowd next week, I'll just use this again. Happens, so yeah. All this past year, uh, we were not sure how things would shake out, but it ends up that Diane and I are, are, are leaving at the same time, which will render you uh, pastorless in a, in a week. But the executive board has identified a wonderful interim pastor for the summer. Uh, he is a colleague of Diana's and mine, a dear friend of ours who, for whom we have great respect, and he's done several, helped several churches as an interim. Uh, you'll hear more about him at the annual meeting uh, after worship today. Kathy Bittner will bring you uh, and uh, tell you about him and uh, details of his coming to spend the summer with us. And at that, search, at that meeting, the search committee also has an exciting update to give you. I'm excited for your future, Naperville Covenant. You're going to be okay. In fact, you're going to be better than okay. But in light of Diana and me leaving at the same time with new leadership coming, I want to look at the passage that Lauren and Parker and Haley just read for us from 1 Corinthians. I've been drawn to this passage during these last few months, but I want you to know it's not because of the first two verses, okay? The two verses are kind of hit me between the eyes, where it says, Brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not yet ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready for it. Now, I'm not saying this about the church. Paul had some issues with the Corinthian church. 
But it's where Paul heads after he says that is what I want to look at here as we look back and look forward today. Paul heads from saying that to the the problem of divisions in the Corinthian church. Divisions and factions that revolved around their spiritual leaders. That church was kind of a mess. If anybody ever says, you know, if we could just get the church back to what it was like in the New Testament. No, 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 no. You don't want to be like the Corinthian church. (laughs) We learn from their mistakes. But as Paul goes on to verse 3, he says, You are still worldly, for since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not mere human beings? Diane and I both know that support for a pastor after she or he has been around for a while is never 100%. We have done our best, but it has not always met the right needs at the right time. We each have our own style of ministry and of leadership and of management. We have different areas of gifting. We've connected with different people, different ministries and causes, but we have shared this ministry with a unity of purpose to see people built up in Christ, to see people built up in Christ with a living relationship that does not just live in our heads, but issues forth into our heart and then out into how we live and serve. Some of you have been closer to Diana. Some of you have been closer to me. Some of you said, I don't know if I want to get close to either of them, but it's all okay. (laughs) Because all we really want is for you to get closer to Jesus. In Corinth, we learned that there were Paul fans. Paul had planted a church. He was the great apostle. But there was also Apollos fans because he was the pastor who hung in there with them after Paul had planted the church and moved on. So some said, I follow Paul. I follow Apollos. Earlier in chapter 1 of 1 Corinthians, we learned that there were also followers of a third leader named Cephas, which is another name for, for, for Peter. And there was also, I love in chapter 1, a very spiritual group. Some say, I follow Paul. I follow Apollos. I follow Cephas. And then there's some that go, I follow Jesus. Somewhere in the Bible it's written, and lo, the super spirituals shall always be with you. And they were in Corinth, and they're among us now. Add to all of this, and to all of this, Paul seeks to direct them to Jesus, uh, to the God who has called them and and called them together and is bringing them this new life. Going on in verse 5, it says this. Paul says, for what after all is Apollos? Who is Apollos? And who is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe. As the Lord assigned has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. Who is Apollos? Who is Paul? Who is Scott? Only servants God has assigned to the task of planting and watering seeds that lead to growth. And God alone is the one who causes the growth. A good and relevant word from an ancient letter that seems to speak directly to us at this point in our life as a church, Naperville Covenant. And it causes us to to look back at the planters and the waterers God has assigned and used in the history of Naperville Covenant Church. Pastor Art Fretheim planted seeds of faith and hope over 42 years ago. He came out of retirement to be a church planter. Not anything I will ever envision, but he did. He planted seeds here among a group of young boomers just beginning their careers and families. Art and his wife Edna watered those seeds with their gifts of leadership, kindness, and compassion, and their passion for the people who were moving into this rapidly growing suburb of Naperville, into those brand new homes that you're all renovating now. 
and art with wonderful lay leaders, got the church after meeting for a few years at Lincoln Junior High, got this building built and moved in in December of 1981, this half of the building. When Art retired, again, God brought Pastor Daryl Larson to water some of art seeds and to plant some new ones of his own. And under his leadership, the church grew rapidly, adding staff and new programming, going to two services and adding on to the other part of the building where the fellowship hall and classrooms are. Daryl got great leadership. The church was its largest under his leadership. When Daryl moved on, Pastor Greg Osimakopoulos came and watered some of the seeds planted by Art and Daryl, and then with his own enthusiasm, his incredible gifts for communication and creativity, Greg planted new seeds as well. After Greg came, Pastor Kent Anderson, with a delightful sense of humor and a great ability to encourage and use words, like Diana said, the other half is that he said, I want you to be a battleship, not a cruise ship. I want you to be a, the church to be a battleship not a cruise ship. That came from Kent. He continued the work of watering and planting. He tried out a Saturday night service and, and, and it did not last. So some would call it a failure, but I know that there are some stories of people for whom that service had a life-changing impact. Planting and watering and God bringing the growth. Planting and watering and God bringing the growth. With different gifts, different personalities, yes, different fans, different followers, but each working toward the same thing, seeing people built up and growing in Christ and God bringing the growth. Now, I would be remiss to mention only senior pastors, for God has used, used other gifted ministry staffers as planters and waterers. Pastors serving in spiritual development and formation, Alan Forsman, and then followed by Paul Allen with several years of uh, productive ministry here. Youth pastors Bill Johnson and Dave Diller, watering seeds of young faith and nurturing growth. Louise Walscog was a member of the church and planted the first seeds of a, of a children's ministry and more were planted and watered, watered by Donna Svensson, Samantha Trimble, and Jody Farmer and now the hardworking, kid-loving Mr. Larry who's not here because he's down the hall loving our kids. Tina Stout and Marcy O'Donnell led music and worship in ways that watered the seeds of faith. Drew McClellan was here for 14 years and was, uh, was, the, was the music and worship director who capably led Naperville Covenant through the transition from a traditional style to a more blended style that added newer songs and, and yet still uh, kept the choir strong and connected to our roots. While rough at points, Drew helped, avoid, helped this church avoid the worship wars that tore some churches apart. And like all these other faithful staff people, she kept us looking to Jesus. And I don't even want to think about what you would all do without Kayla and her outstanding leadership and the amazing planting and watering that she offers each week in leading our worship and drawing us closer to God. And I haven't even mentioned the many wonderful servants who have stepped into interim roles down through the years, planting and watering, God making it grow, planting and watering, and God making it grow. In the midst of all that gardening by that wide array of planters and waters, God in his faithfulness and power among us caused growth to happen, maybe not always in numbers, but in the hearts and lives that were changed and challenged to make a difference in the world. I want to look at some of the seeds that we have watered and planted, planted here in the last nine and a half years. In the very founding of the church, the founding of our denominational family is the centrality of the word of God and we continue to water and plant new seeds of faith, teaching each other and studying it together and helping our church children to learn to love the word of God. We continue to water that seed. 
They're the seeds of com- compassion and congregational care that have been planted and watered over the years of the church. In these last nine years, though, we revived and went back to a return of Stephen ministry where people are cared for. And just so you know, as we step away, there's several relationships that we're concerned about, and we have assigned some of our trained Stephen leaders to make sure people are being cared for. A third seed is that of that is watered and, and, and planted as a commitment to mission. Now, a commitment to missions had always been here at Naperville Covenant. It had grown from seeds planted in the earlier days of Naperville Covenant, but we have watered those and we have planted some new seeds, some new seeds that moved us from just offering financial support to a variety of mission causes, new seeds that helped us focus our mission in three areas, locally and regionally and globally. We shrank the number of ministries being supported so that we could focus better on building relationships and partnerships, offering opportunities for you for more engagement, for more connection in mission. And God has brought wonderful growth and and connection as uh, as, as those opportunities and our faith has been nurtured in the process as well. Through this, we are discovering that mission and discipleship are not either ors. Discipleship isn't something that we do internally just for us. And then if we feel called, we do mission. They are linked together. We've, we've found that, 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 that when we're challenged in, in mission and out in new experiences with people, that it drives us closer to Christ and to the word to learn better how to care for the world. And when we get to know the word better and we know Jesus' heart for the world, we can't help but be called to go out and make a difference. Don't let a dividing line come between discipleship and mission because they are connected. Evangelism has always been a tough one. It has not been our strong suit as a church, at least in recent decades. But we've taken some tools in the last few years and used them to plant some new seeds. The BLESS initiative, that acrostic of B, begin with prayer, as you're thinking of those who don't know Christ. L, listen to them in conversation rather than filling them with information. E, eat together, share life together around the table. S is a a serve. Find ways to serve those that you care about in your neighborhood and in your world. And then finally, S is to share, to share your story when God opens up opportunity. We've introduced the concept of the art of neighboring, those nine, nine squares around where you live. And who are the people around you? that God might be calling you to bless. These are seeds that we've uh, uh, planted, the, a new way to approach evangelism, in a way that's more organic and natural and not something that you do to somebody, but rather within the context of real relationships, not project relationships. Those seeds need more water, Naperville Covenant, and God will bring the growth. I have planted seeds of biblical justice. A justice rooted in the heart of Jesus. A justice that is grounded in the nature of God who created all people in his image. People to be loved. People with dignity. People with worth. People with a common potential to flourish in a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Biblical justice is a justice that has led us to plant new seeds of connections with our community right here. From elementary kids learning to read and some who have with different advantages have, have, have some real gaps in their learning. And so we've tried to address that with some of our work with Scott School. All the way from those elementary kids to just a few blocks away, the ongoing ministry to senior adults at Alden Care Center, giving dignity to them in the later years of their life. It's a justice issue, making things right. Biblical justice is a justice that has led us to plant new seeds of connections with new friends on Chicago's west side, our dear friends at Wyman that we do stuff with. We share life with them. We celebrate with them. We are not the rich people helping the poor people. They have helped us in amazing ways to help us learn. 
the biblical justice that we've planted. It's a justice that has led us to plant new seeds that has led to a heart connection with children in a community in a far away in Africa where rural change is happening as a result of our support. Many of you as child sponsors and many of you as bringing your stuff to the garage sale. A third of what we earn will go directly back to Congo to help with water projects which are actually going to be hopefully feeding water to Lise Vanet in the years ahead as well. And we have planted seeds of racial justice as well, seeking to learn from each other, to gain insight into our own ethnic heritage, and then being willing to face really the ugliness of a racism that persists. And with a biblical perspective, we've tried to see it in terms of how God has created people equal. And what is our calling then as followers of Christ as we face the issues of racism in our world? I've planted the seeds of what could be if we truly live into being a multi-ethnic community. God has blessed us with a rich diversity and an increasing, uh, increasing diversity. Ethnic, but in other ways, socioeconomic as well and in terms of our backgrounds. I'm told by the search committee that many of the candidates that they interviewed and talked to including the one that they hope to recommend, were very taken with our strategic plan and our our vision of being uh, an increasingly diverse, compassionate community, committed to knowing, loving, serving Jesus in our neighborhoods and world. They were drawn to this part on addressing issues of race and multi-ethnicity, drawn to our commitment to our neighborhoods with an S on it to say real people in real neighborhoods where we live. They're drawn to this, and so, so, and so many of you are doing what you can to water these seeds of trusting God for their growth as well. We planted seeds of congregational health. We focused in the early years here not so much on growth, but on being healthy and looking at some of the systems that have kept us from growing and some of those in the areas of communication. Some of that has to do with the ways we communicate. We try to communicate a, or create a climate where there's more openness and transparency in our communication. And I, I know in the last week and a half it's gotten confusing. We've thrown a lot of stuff at you, uh, but hopefully it's beginning to come together. Uh, but we've, we've done our best to try to keep an openness and keep you informed as leadership, to keep the church moving in a healthy direction, where there's more open conversation instead of muffled talks in the parking lot. Who is Paul? Who is Apollos? Who is Diana? Who is Scott? Only servants through whom you came to believe. As the Lord has assigned to each his task, I planted the seed. Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The Apostle Paul, who wrote this letter to the Corinthians, is famous for mixing metaphors. His English teacher, well, I guess his Greek teacher, wouldn't have approved. But anyway, in this passage, he switches metaphors right in the middle of one sentence. Listen to this. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their labor, for we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. He just jumped from the field to the building right there, from the farm and garden to the construction site, just like that. But listen again as he moves forward now with this building metaphor. He says, By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder, and someone else is building on it. But each one should build with care, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is 
Jesus Christ. And there we are, planting, watering, building, constructing. And it's all a silly, worthless game unless it is built in Jesus Christ. That's who you are, Naperville Covenant. That's who you will continue to be as you serve together and are formed by Christ and into his image. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the way your word speaks into our life and sometimes into the very reality of who we are as individuals, but into the very reality of who we are as a church. Lord, we give you great thanks and praise today for all of these saints and leaders who've served this church, especially today we give you thanks for Diana and her many gifts of care and leadership and compassion. But we thank you, Lord, for the future that's ahead that we're about to learn more about as we head to our meeting today. We trust you, Lord God, as the search committee has trusted you. We trust you too, Lord. Help each of us to do what we can to keep you central, not only in our own hearts, but central in our church and its mission. We love you, Lord. We pray this all in your name. Amen.